Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show, and I trust you're enjoying a really productive week so far, and your team is kicking goals left, right, and center, and really moving towards being that exceptional team and you, the exceptional leader. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about a topic around resilience, and that is building your resilience muscle. Now, I've just come off a really in, in, interesting, inquisitive, no, really interesting a uh, little masterclass that I just ran for a large Australian organization and some of their key team members around resilience. Now, this organization deals with some pretty high-caliber clients, and uh, it's fair to say that they the team works in a very high-pressured environment. So resilience is a real key, and certainly from a leadership point of view, building resilience and building an environment which enables enables resilience to, first of all, develop but therefore continue to be maintained is really, really important to a high-pressure, high-performance environment. And so as a leader, one of the things we must understand, and this is one of the things we talked about today, was that workplace pressure or imposed pressure is inevitable within any organization, particularly in a high-performance organization dealing with external clients, external stakeholders. No different if you're a sales leader and certainly no different if you are in a sporting realm, for example. So sporting teams they experience this as well. So one of the things we naturally need to get better at as leaders, I believe, and this is based on experience and and dealing with a lot of leaders over many years is, I think as leaders, we can continue to build better uh, or focus more of our our attention on being uh, more resilient and helping our team become more resilient. And so one of the key things we talked about today was thinking about, okay, what are some of the workplace pressures that we have to deal with and are faced with on a daily basis? And how do we go about managing that pressure that will help us define and underpin the environment of the team and move towards being that high-performing culture, that high-performing engine to develop those great results? Now, it was interesting to see from these guys what some of the pressures were that were coming. Now, many of them are dealing with very high-value clients, and so when they're interacting with them, the expectations that the clients have upon this organization, and therefore the people within the organization, are exceptionally high. Some would say unrealistically high. And with that, sometimes the pressure that's placed on the individuals within the organization to be at their optimal best, to be able to give the best level of service, is is huge in terms of the expectations. Now that comes from two areas. It comes from the high value clients, but also comes from the leaders within this organization to make sure that we as an organization are giving the best level of service to these high value clients because repeat business is good for business and therefore they're looking at how they can continue to maintain these clients of high worth, but also how we can start to expand the portfolio to get even more of their share of wallet moving forward. So dealing with this in a in a really high highly pressurized environment is an inevitable thing for this organization. And I don't think it's any different to most organizations, particularly in the sales realm as well. So there's pressure on us as sales leaders and certainly in our sales teams to deliver the results and continue to the upward spiral in terms of results getting more and more and higher and higher. But also the expectations from clients that we get a higher level of service and also a bigger share of it of their of our mind space 
to to the point where they they believe and rightly so from their perspective that they are the most important clients on the face of the earth and therefore they need to be getting more and more of our of our attention all right so all of that can add to a higher level of pressure being placed on the individuals to provide and continue to provide an exceptional level of service so one of the key areas of the conversation today in the masterclass was really building a level of self-awareness or being being socially aware or spatially aware of some of the potential stresses or workplace hazards, workplace pressures that can have an impact on our ability to deliver great service to great outcomes, but also something we need to be mindful of so that we can start identifying strategies and tactics to begin building that resilience muscle so that we are better equipped to deal with some of the challenges and some of the hazards that we're no doubt faced with on a daily basis. Because one of the guys was sharing today that often they've got real concerns about some of their peers that they'll have an interaction with a customer and that customer is ropeable, they're blaming the person for their predicament, not taking responsibility for any of it, by the way, but place and just literally verbally vomiting all over the individual. And the effect that that has on that individual receiving that call or having that interaction can be quite distressing for the individual, but can also have an impact on the whole culture and the environment of the, of the team. And one of the things we did talk about today was just building a level of awareness that we can help each other out. And this is really important for a sales leader in particular, that when we see people who might be struggling with certain customers, certain clients, certain situations, that if we don't step in, if we don't help them, if we don't become a sounding board, if we don't give them advice, give them counsel, give them direction, then literally we're saying through that example that A, they don't, they don't matter, and B, we're not giving them any ideas on how to actually deal with that exact same situation the next time. So the impression we're creating is, hey, this is just, just accept it and get on with it, which is not what we want to do. So one of the key things we talked about today was building this level of awareness, but also looking for opportunities, certainly as leaders, to step in and create environments where we're listening to people, we're helping people get over challenges in the case of sales, helping to handle better objections and and those sort of things. So really building naturally the the ability to be more resilient. And I think that if you can build an environment where there's resilience as one of the core, uh, core bedrocks of what you stand for, then your team becomes almost unstoppable because the attitude then therefore is, you know what, it's no, it doesn't matter what's thrown at us, we know we will find a way. Now, as I've always talked about on the podcast, one of the key responsibilities of a leader is to define reality and actually establish where we're at right now. It's not to accept where we're at, but use that as a platform to get better and develop and grow. And so being more resilient is just that, accepting where we're at right now, but also saying there has to be an answer. There has to be a solution to this particular problem. There has to be a way around this challenge, around this obstacle. And through that thought process, this is how we naturally start to build resilience. Now, if we can do that, then amazing things can start to happen with not only the team in terms of their discretionary effort and what they end up uh, achieving, but also the benefits of resilience can't under, be underestimated either from a from a mindset point of view, but also from a health and well-being point of view. There's been a lot of research done in terms of some of the benefits around resilience in terms of health and well-being. Classic examples are it's people who are resilient tend to be less irritable. They find it easier to relax, to unwind. They think more logically and therefore can make better decisions. They feel less tired, less less susceptible to depression and anxiety. And from a, a physiological point of view, there is less connections or lower levels of potential heart disease, lower blood pressure, fewer headaches and all those sort of things. So there's definite benefits to our health and well-being of being resilient. And this is one of the key reasons why certainly as sales leaders, 
we have an obligation, but also a responsibility, which is probably the same thing, but an opportunity to build the resilience muscle. Now, it starts with us. And the thing about the resilience muscle and the thing about building resilience is ultimately, when it's all said and done, it is a choice. We have a choice in terms of how we do this. Now, there's a whole host of ways that you can build this, and I'm not going to go into specific ways of uh, building resilience because you can do a heap of research. There's a lot of tactics, a lot of strategies. But one of the key uh, messages out of today's session was, you know what? It's a choice. We have a choice. So whatever is happening, whatever workplace pressure is taking place right now in your team and for you individually, how we choose to respond to that is a choice. It is our choice. Now, what's intriguing about this is if you look at people who are naturally resilient, they get this. They know that they have some choices over the, over what they do next when something happens, when they're faced with a, with a situation, faced with a challenge, faced with an obstacle. And you look at other people who are perhaps less resilient or don't have the tactics, don't have the strategies, don't have the frameworks to use, they tend to feel as if they have no control over what happens next because they're at the mercy of everything that happens. And so one of the key things to remember, certainly when it comes to building the resilience muscle, is at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily matter what happens to us. It's how we choose to respond to what happens to us that's the most important thing. And so it means that we've got to therefore think about what are some things we do have some influence over? What are some things that we don't have any influence over? Be able to separate the two and therefore being able to put some tactics and strategies and action plans together to make sure that we're focused on the right areas that we do have an area of influence over. Now, it doesn't mean you necessarily stop worrying about certain things, but what it does, it places less pressure on us as, as leaders and certainly as on our team to have to do things that sometimes we have no control over. But when we're more conscious in terms of the choices we make, then we have more control and therefore we have more ability to get a better result than if we just were at the mercy of everything that happens. So I did share with the team today the model that comes from uh, Stephen Covey, and it's out of the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he essentially talks about two, two key circles. One is a circle of concern, and the other one is the circle of influence. We also added a circle of control, which just added another flavor to the conversation. So when you're thinking about the circle of concern, this is about all the things that have the ability to impact our lives, some of which we've got direct control over, some of which we can influence, and some of which we have absolutely no control over whatsoever. The circle of influence are the things that, with all the things that potentially are happening, these are some areas that we do have an ability to influence an outcome. And so we've got a little bit more control there. And then you've got the circle of control, which is a smaller circle, which these are the things that we do have direct control over, which is usually limited to the awareness we have about ourselves and also the actions that we choose to take in a particular moment based on a certain situation. Now, when it comes to building the resilience muscle, one of the things we need to be conscious of is there are essentially two types of people when it comes to dealing with issues, dealing with challenges. There are people who are quite reactive to the situation, and these are the people that tend to be more at the effect of everything that's happening. And then you have the people who tend to be more resilient, more proactive, that have more control over what they do. So whatever's happening, they then choose to respond in a certain way. Now, it stands to reason that where we want to be, because I've given it away, we want to be the more proactive, more resilient type people. And this is where building the resilient muscle is really, really important for us as leaders. The people who are resilient, these are the ones that focus their attention on the circle of concern, which they have no influence over, right? They're going to be at the mercy of everything that happens, and they'll be complaining a lot. It generates negative energy, and it causes the circle of influence to actually shrink because that's not where their focus is. They're considering all the things that are happening 
most of which is completely beyond their control. And therefore, they're giving their power away to the external event and not necessarily thinking through in a logical sense as to what they could do next. And therefore, their influence ability starts to shrink. This is not where we want to be, and certainly we don't want our team to be here. We want people to be in the in proactive or the resilient zone. This is where the building the resilient muscle is such a critical thing. Focusing on the things that we have control over and we can influence, which means thinking about it and acknowledging, you know what, there's a lot of stuff that we have no control over, and that's okay. It's going to happen anyway. But what are some things that I do have some control over and that I can influence? When I focus my attention on the circle of influence, on the things that I do have have some control over, that I can do something about, then all of a sudden it, it means that our op- options start to expand, our possibilities start to expand, and guess what? Through that thought process, there might be some new ideas that are starting to be generated so that our circle of influence starts to increase. And by the way, we may actually come up with ideas that actually does solve the problem. And through the process, guess what? We become super resilient. So that was the key message added today. And there was one other element that we sort of weave through the whole thing. And that is, as leaders in particular, we need to be the glass half full type of leader. We need to think positive. We need to always be positive, set the right example. And it goes without saying that we want to set a positive example for the team, for them to follow. But it's how we think. Are we naturally attuned to being more negative, more pessimistic, glass half empty? Or do we need to work on being more glass half full? And I can tell you based on research that as human beings, we tend to be more inclined to think of the negative first. Now, just think about this. When you get feedback from somebody and out of 10 people, nine people have said you've done a great job and they're very specific, but there was one person that said, you know what, you didn't do well here. Where do we focus our attention? Well, I've got both hands in the air. We tend to focus more of the attention on the person that didn't give us the great feedback that we were hoping for or that we were expecting. So as leaders, we need to make sure that, okay, we need to focus on the circle of influence, but we also need to work even harder on being a positive role model and having a positive frame of mind because it means that it's a lot easier to come up with opportunities and options to fix problems and to deal with challenges than if we were thinking in a pessimistic or a negative frame. So I trust that message helps. I just felt compelled to share that based on this little workshop that I ran for this organization today. And they really embraced this concept. And I know they're going to take that, implement this, and then really start to build their resilient muscle. And the results are going to be outstanding. And I hope that uh, can help you and help your team as well. So with that, if you'd like some help in any of this, or in fact, if you'd like some help with taking your leadership to the exceptional sales leader level, then let's work together one-on-one, and we can do that as early as next week. Simply jump onto my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits. I'll give you a call. We'll have a chat about what the program looks like, and we can be up and running in as little as, uh, well, a couple of days from that conversation, but we'll work together for about three months, and uh, we can get you into that exceptional sales leader status ASAP. So I look forward to that conversation and look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it, But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.